I'm so excited. I'm so excited that I get to be here with you for the Shema because this is powerful stuff. This is big, big stuff. Uh, we, we've been going through the word, you know, every word all year. And I just got to ask you, how many of you are keeping up with it? I'm kidding. You don't have to show your hands. It's not a guilt thing. But I do want to encourage you because as you read God's word, here's what God is doing. God is sowing seeds in your life. God is sowing seeds. And it may feel sometimes like he's plowing your heart, you know, and that's part of it. That's part of it sometimes, the word of God just plowing your heart in order to plant those seeds. But here's the promise. Here's the promise. If 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 you sow, you're going to reap. And God's going to bring some things about in your life. And so, so anyway, the Shema, the most quoted, the most quoted passage in, in the Old Testament. This became, this became part of the spiritual discipline of Israel. That at least twice a day you would stop what you're doing. It was just like those calls to prayer in the, in the city. You know, when the voice starts to sound and the loudspeakers start to go, everybody stops what they're doing. The Shema was that way for the people of God. The Shema was that way. Just stop what you're doing and remind your heart. Stop what you're doing. Remind yourself that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With Jesus, Jesus quoted it. You remember every time Jesus, they try to trap Jesus, they try to trick Jesus. What's the first and greatest commandment? Jesus didn't hesitate one minute. The first and greatest commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Let's just say that together one more time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It is, it is a powerful thing. And so, and so I want to invite you into this because we're not just going through the motions as we read God's word together. Some of you, some of you are, are you know, you're to-do list people. I am not really a to-do list person. I'm the kind of guy, I'm the kind of guy that I, I shoot the arrow and then I go draw the circle. You know? But, but some people are to-do list people, and, and this is feeding into your soul. It makes you feel good when you can say, you know what? I did it. I did it. I got my spiritual brownie point for the day because I read what I was supposed to read today, and praise God for that. But this is not just a to-do list activity. This is not just a going through the motions activity. The prayer is that in the process of reading God's Word, God's Word in large doses would have an effect on us, that it would, that it would make a difference in us, that it would create it would create lines in our hearts that God could penetrate into, that seeds would be sown. And so I want to talk to you today about the Shema for spiritual formation. And you may say, Rusty, what, what, what is that even supposed to mean, spiritual formation? Well, it's what God has in mind for you. You, you knew, didn't you, that, that when God saved you, when God met you at the point of your sin, when, when you had this, this Holy Spirit encounter that allowed you to say, oh no, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, help me. You knew, didn't you, that that was not a you thing. That was a him thing. That was a Holy Spirit thing. And and when God did that for you, when God awakened something in your heart, just enough for you to turn to him and say, God, forgive me. When God awakened that in you, God did not leave you there. When God met you at the point of your greatest need, he didn't leave you at the point of your greatest need. Instead, he began to breathe into your life. He began to speak into your life. He began to lead you in your life and through your life. And he's beginning to shape you into the image of his dear son, Romans 8. And he's forming you into into your likeness with Jesus. John said in one place, he said, "It, It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he comes, we'll be like him. Well, that doesn't happen in an instant. That happens because you've been 
following after the Lord. So the Shema for spiritual formation, twice daily, twice daily to just stop for a head check, a heart check, a hand check, and say, what's going on in my life right now, right this minute? How can I make a course correction right now, right this minute? How can I fix my heart on Jesus? How can I fix my mind on Jesus? How can I fix my eyes on Jesus? Colossians 3 talks about that. Set your heart on things above. Set your mind on things above where where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. So that's what God is at work to do in you and me. He's forming us into the image of his discernment. For Israel, this this was like a pledge of allegiance. This was like This was like their statement of faith. This was, this was something that they were supposed to pass on to their children. They were supposed to write it on their hands. They were supposed to write it on their foreheads. It was supposed to be something that was hidden forever in their hearts. By the way, can I tell you something weirdly prophetic about this? You remember how, you remember how one of the lines about, about the, the mark of the beast has to do with what's written on your right hand and on your forehead? That, that, that was God's idea in the first place. All the rest of that is just a ripoff of what God was already at work to do. He was saying, look, you guys need to keep this in the forefront of your mind. You guys need to have this in such a way. You guys need to have this in such a way that every time you reach out your hand, you see a WWJD bracelet. You, did you know where that came from? It was, the idea, it was the idea that if I see my hand about to do something, about to touch something, and it's something that my hand doesn't have any business touching, that there would be a reminder in my heart that says, wait a minute, boy, back up. It's supposed to be the kind of thing that is a check in your spirit. A head check, a heart check, a hand check. The kind of thing, the kind of thing that allows you to be more along the path in your spiritual formation, in your, in your being fitted to the image of Jesus by this time next year than you are now. That's why we're reading this together. That's why we're doing this together. It's our way of laying ourselves out on the altar before the Lord like living sacrifices and say, God, do what you will in my life. God, do what you will in my life. So I want to ask you some questions that I want to invite you into so that we can, so that we can hopefully move a little further down the road as we're going and use the Shema as part of that process. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. All your strength, right? So here are the questions. What in your life right now, what in your life right now is bigger than God? And I know, I know, you're a Christian. We're all Christians here. Word that it were so, right? I know you're thinking to yourself, well, there's nothing in my life bigger than God, Rusty. I'm in church. I can't say that. There's nothing in my life. But but here's what I know. Here's what I know. It is very easy for your eyes to be taken off of God. It is very easy for something else to sort of rise in prominence. You know, so here's another question. What is more urgent to you right now than God? Remember that old deal, you know, important versus urgent? What is more urgent to you in this moment? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, you, what your plans are for later. Maybe you are praying diligently that I will stop preaching on time because you've got plans for later. I don't know. I don't know. But, but what is it that is more urgent to you right now than God? And, and, and there, I'm just telling you, be honest with yourself and be honest with the Lord in this because he knows and you know too. What is bigger to you than God right now? What is more urgent to you than God right now? What is it that is demanding more of your time, more of your focus, more of your attention? Honestly, more of your affection, maybe even, than God right now. We used to sing that song, you know, Thou, o Lord, more precious than silver, more costly than gold. There's nothing I desire that compares with you. And every time we would sing that, I would just, in my heart, I would have to say, Wait a minute, Lord, in Jesus' name, I don't want to, I don't want to. 
I don't want to sing that as if it were true, and it's not. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you help me to fix my heart on you, you know? Warfare worship. Would you, would you let this be a call, to, a call to the reset button in my heart? That is, that is what I mean by spiritual formation with the Shema. So, so I, want to just, I want to just go through these words, these important words with you. Hear, by the way, that's all the word Shema means. It's, 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 the, it's the Hebrew transliteration of the word to hear, to listen. And, and at, least, at least for them, to listen also means to obey, not just to hear, right? If any of you have ever tried to raise a child, you know that that's an important thing you need to get through their thick little skulls, right? There's a difference between hearing and obeying. But in Hebrew, there's no difference. It's the same word, to hear, to obey, to do what it is God is calling you to do. And, and, then, and then I want us to talk about the word Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, because maybe you know this. As you're, reading through, as you're reading through the text and you come across the word that is the capital L and then a smaller but still capital O-R-D, right? That's the word for Jehovah God. That's the word for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's a word of exclusivity. That's a word that can't be assigned to any other God. And so when this says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, it's not just a question of how many. It's a question of primacy. It's a question of who has the last word? Who has the first word? Who has the last word? Who has claim over my life? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then what does it mean to love the Lord your God? Because we can give it lip service all day long. But what does it mean from your heart? What does it mean from, from, your, from your soul? What does it mean from, from your strength? What does it mean to love the Lord your God. So, so I, I want us to go through this because this, these are important discipleship issues. What does it mean to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only? What does it mean? What does it mean when Isaiah talks about a people who, who Isaiah says were, were ever hearing but never understanding, ever seeing but never perceiving? Because I think that describes an awful lot of people in the church today. You know, people who are very accustomed, we know, we know how to dress when we get here, we know how to behave ourselves, we know, we know you know, how to, how to handle the circumstance of it all, and yet is it really, is it getting through to us or not? Is it, is it, is it permeating down into our souls? Or is it just something that we go kind of, kind of polish up the outside every so often, once a week or so, or, or you know, at least a couple of times a month, somehow, is it really getting through to your soul? What does it mean to hear? And so when it says, hear, O Israel, and by the way, by the way, you may be thinking to yourself, Rusty, this feels like opening a letter that's not addressed to me. Hear, O Israel. I'm not Israel. I'm not Israel. Can I reframe it for you a little bit? Because what he's saying, what he's saying is, hear, my family. Hear, my son, my daughter. Well, Joshi was telling me a few years ago, he met some guy, he met some guy, I don't know, some random guy, and they started talking, and one thing led to another, they're talking about Jesus, and this guy, you know, he's an old-time preacher and everything, and, and, and somehow they traded phone numbers, I don't know, Joshi's crazy like that, he's, 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 you'll have a harder time getting my phone number than you will his, anyway, that's my son Josh, he's a middle child, middle child, you know how middle child's always looking for attention, I'm just saying, anyway, but I say that because I'm a middle child, and so is Stephanie, but but I'm not an attention seeker. That's why. Anyway. Anyway, but, but anyhow. So Josh, he said, he says, the weirdest thing. 
all of a sudden I start getting these phone calls from a number I don't recognize. And, and when, I, when I answer the phone, hello, I hear this voice on the other side. It says, man of God, who is this? You know? And, and, and he, say, he said, it was the craziest thing. This guy just started calling me. I mean, it wasn't like every day, but it was pretty frequent, and sometimes more than once a day. It, it was, man of God, man of God. And every time, it was like a reminder. Wait a minute. I am a man of God. Wait a minute. You know what? This, this guy's speaking the truth over me. Man of God. And, and maybe we should hear the Shema as saying, man of God, woman of God, child of God, listen up. Because who you are is not what your current circumstance says you are. Who you are is not what that supervisor who's yelling at you says you are. Who you are is not the sum total of your accomplishments and the things you've checked off your to-do list today. Who you are is who God says you are, and it's child of God. So listen up, child of God. Hear, O Israel. Focus your heart. Hand check, heart check, right? Let's focus this on the Lord. And so what does it mean? What does it mean to become this person who hears and, and, and is regularly reminded of what God says about you? And by the way, by the way, I think, I think sometimes I, I have lived too much of my life with too low an impression of who God is. Can I just tell you? I mean, we're talking about the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of all there is. And, and it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord. You, know, you know what amazes me as I was reading, as I was reading Deuteronomy? It's, I'll, I'll just give you an example. I counted in chapter 1 of Deuteronomy. There are like 13 times that this turn of phrase comes about. The Lord our God. The Lord our God. The Lord your God. The Lord our God. The Lord God of your ancestors. The Lord our God, the Lord your God, the Lord God of Aaron. Thirteen times. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, just in these first verses, these are the commands, decrees, and laws of the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. He goes on and he says, Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. This is a personal deal. This is not some God who's watching you from a distance. This is, not some, this is not some cosmic cloud kind of God. This is a God who knows you by name, created you in his image. And the things he says about you are true. You know, things like, things like if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The things he says about you are true. The things he says about you, things, things, like, things like the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man of God, woman of God, child of God. The things God says about you are true. That the, the God made him who had no sin to be sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. The things God says about you, the things God says about me, they are true. And I need to be reminded of those things. Not just once a week. Not even just once a day. I need to be reminded of those things, especially in the moments, in the moments when the world is screaming a different message in my ear. Does that make sense? 
Does that make sense? I'll tell you the prayer I pray more frequently for people than, than almost any other prayer is, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you speak louder than the voice of the enemy? Lord, in Jesus' name, would you speak louder than the voices in the world? Would you speak louder than the multitude of voices in their heads? I pray that over people all the time. Lord, in, G- in fact, let me just pray that over you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, some of my friends here, some of my brothers and sisters, they're having a hard time even wrapping their minds around the fact that you love them, that you love us. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'd silence the voice of the enemy. I pray you'd speak louder than the voice of the enemy. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that even, even right now in these next 10 minutes or so, Lord, that you would break through the noise and that you'd speak in ways that we can hear and understand. Amen? Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you, what you need? What you, what you need? And so, and so you love the Lord your God, and you love the Lord your God because he loved you first. You just love the Lord your God. Honest, honestly, I wish I could just love the Lord my God because he's worthy. I, I really wish I could. Honestly, it's beyond me. It's beyond my capacity. The reason I love the Lord so much is because God has been so good to me. In fact, Paul says it this way. He says in Romans chapter 1, he says, It is your kindness that leads us to repentance. And sometimes God's kindness is only seen as kindness in the rearview mirror. Sometimes the things that God is doing for us in order to save us, in order to convict us of our sin and lead us to that moment, that aha moment, Lord, I need you. Sometimes it feels, well, it feels like hell. But God is using it to bring something about it. I, we love the Lord, Lord, because you first loved us. Because you, you are the prime mover. You reached out to us when we didn't know to reach out to you. Amen? Come on. Amen? This sermon is going to take a lot longer if you don't. You see, it, and, and, and it has to do with when it comes to the heart check, when it comes to the head check, when it comes to the hand check, it has to do with what is it that has, that has um, awakened loving you? What is it that you desire? What is it that you long for? More than you long for Jesus in the moment. Now, I know, I know, I know. We're, we're just us. We're just us. We're, we're doing life. We're not doing theology, right? We're doing us. We're, we're doing life. And so, and so that, that question, what is, it that you, what is it that you desire? What is it you long for? And maybe, maybe there, there comes a time in your life when you need to say, Lord, time out. Can I just call a time out in my own heart? Can I call a time out in my own life? And Lord, just say, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you help me to fix my affections? Would you help me to fix my desires? Would you help me to fix my longings? Lord, because right now there are some things that are speaking louder than you. Right now there are some things that are more pressing and more urgent than it feels like you are. And God, I know that's not true. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to I I lay that down. I want to lay that down so that I can empty my hands before you, right? And so, and so you listen to his voice and you hold fast to him. Deuteronomy chapter 30, I told you we were going to be there too, where it, says, where it says, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands and decrees and laws. And then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed and you will not live long in the land. I want to call your attention to something that you may miss in that. Because the Lord does not say, if you follow hard after me, I'll bless you. And if you turn away from me, I'll curse you. He doesn't say that. What he says is, if you follow hard after me, you'll know my presence. And I'll lead you and I'll walk with you 
You will know, you will know how good it is to be in the presence of God. But if you choose to turn away, you will live outside of the presence of God. God doesn't say he'll curse you. He just says he'll let nature take its course. Too many of us have lived our lives with nature taking its course instead of us following hard after Jesus. And he says this, he says, if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you'll certainly be destroyed. You'll not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and earth, I called heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Precious ones, precious ones, too many of us have, have tried Christianity, we've tried the faith, and it didn't seem to make as big a difference as, as seemed to be advertised. And when trouble came, it was easier to just say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. But precious ones, precious ones, oh. Christianity is not something that you just put on and take off. You don't put it on like a, like a Halloween mask and then take it off when you get home. You don't put it on in preparation for going to church and then go through the rest of your week as if it didn't make any difference. No. When he says, hear, man of God, listen up, woman of God, child of God, pay attention to this. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He's primary. He's the first. He's the greatest. He's the first word. He's the last word. He is God, and there is no other. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you love the Lord your God with all you've got. Love the Lord your God with all you've got, heart, soul, mind, strength. Love the Lord your God. So he says, choose life. It honestly, it, it, it's not rocket science. You choose life. You choose to push the reset button and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You listen to him. You hold fast to him. And so, and so I want to invite you into this heart check. I want to invite you into this head check. I want to invite you into this, into this hand check. And, and, and would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a minute? And let's just... Lord, in Jesus' name, would you speak in ways that we could hear and understand? Lord, in Jesus' name, even in these next couple of minutes, Father, would you, would you speak louder than the enemy? Father, the enemy that says, i got to get out of here. The enemy that says, i got to get on to the next thing. The enemy, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd speak louder than, speak more clearly than. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you give us the privilege to Look around on the inside of our hearts. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, precious ones, let me, just, let me just ask you point blank. When you look inside your heart, is Jesus there? Because if he's not, we got some other business we need to address. <clears throat> some business that we need to address that comes down to the moment when you, you have this awakening. It says, oh my God, I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I need to be set free. I can't do this on my own. God, by your spirit, come and help me. 
And you maybe even have this, this, this weakness in prayer that says, Lord, I don't even know if you're real, but if you're real. Can I tell you something? Just, just pray it. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Heart check. Heart check. Is Jesus there? And if Jesus is there, do you have him buried so deep down on the inside of you that nobody else knows that Jesus is there? Head check. Head check. Are you living according to a person who has Jesus in their life? Or are you living according to your best guess and the world's best wisdom? Are you living with a heart that is listening for and following after Jesus? God help me if all I've got is my best guess. God help me if all I've got is my best wisdom. Hand check. Remember how, remember how Jesus said, you know, the, the man who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not worthy of the kingdom. What are you setting your hand to today? Because you may be so busy and so occupied in your life, in your career, maybe even trying to do good things for the people you love in your life, but you've become so caught up in the game that it has become your God. And if that's the case, I pray that God would speak loud enough to call you to repentance. To hear, man of God. Hear, woman of God. Child of God. Hear that the Lord your God, the Lord is first. The Lord is primary. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. 